to a very special Ruin My Life. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. And we have in the studio with us today our executive producer and our only producer, Sarah <laughs> Shepard. Sup? This is going to be, as I've said, not 10 seconds ago, a very special episode. <laughs> I alluded to this at the end of our last episode that we might be trying a new format for these strange times. Strange times. Because these are indeed strange times. And you might say, listener, seems odd. seems like this show, the format of it, wouldn't really be affected by, you know, having to do it remotely. seems like you could do the exact same thing you always did. And to that, I have no response. But I will, <laughs> I will say, when we decided we wanted to change it up, Sarah came up with a very interesting idea on how to do that. I'm not actually sure it was my idea. I'm pretty sure it was y'all's idea. Yeah, I think it was your idea, Jason. Yeah, so, we have, so the idea is... <laughs> Well, as, as, as you've already heard, this is a special pitch time episode of the show. Yeah. Pitch time. Pitch time. One of our most existing segments, pitch time, <laughs> wherein if you're new to the show, what we do is we, we take the some element of the thing we've discussed that episode or the whole thing itself, and we, we pitch it, usually to Netflix or some subsidiary of the Netflix Corporation. <laughs> uh, I think we've also in the past assumed that Netflix has a publishing wing and perhaps even a fast food division. <laughs> Uh, thus far, Netflix has been silent on all of our offers, all of our pitches. Very unresponsive. But that changes today. Yes. This is super pitch time. This is super pitch time. And that, and as I, as I mentioned a moment ago, Sarah, our lovely executive producer, has developed a, I think, a very good system for how to generate these pitches. Because here's the thing, folks. It's trying times out there. It's tough all around. We could really use that Netflix money right now. We can really use that we Netflix can, money. We could all use some Netflix money, all of us. And to be clear, we're not going to share it with any of you. <laughs> this is our money, and we need it now. Mm-hmm. Shout out to J.G. Wentworth and Associates. Yes. 877 cash now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sarah. Yes. Do you want to explain yes. the process so, we're about to go through? I was asked to prepare questions for pitch time, prompts to get you two going so we could have the most epic pitch time of all. And while I was going through that process, I was looking over every single episode you all have released to date, uh, that we have released to date, and I decided what would be more fun is to turn it into a game. Sarah loves the game. To take all of the episodes and all the ideas of Ruin My Life and make a big old pitch time gumbo. (laughs) (laughs) Because games within the Shepard family generally go very well. Yes. Um, but this is a game within the Edwards Shepherd Goldman family, so <laughs> it should be fine. So I decided let's gamify it. What I did is I've created a sort of prompt system by which you all will be given a few nouns, ideas, things related to the podcast, and then you will be asked to take those things and make a, a show or an a, uh, a type of thing is literally what I have written down in my notes from them. So what I mean is is the kinds of thematic, uh, not even thematic, like structural things that you're both drawn to. Reality TV, TV horror anthologies, British quiz shows, things like that. So how this is going to work is you are going to take turns giving me three numbers between two and 76 It makes sense to me. (laughs) And then you are going to be assigned by random number generator a type of thing to apply those ideas to. It'll make more sense as we do it. Okay. 
what's going to happen is the person who picked the numbers that time goes, kicks it off. They come up with the idea. They, they start riffing on it. And then the other person can help build on that once the yeah. initial idea is out there. Okay, let's do it. On this episode of Ruin My Life, it's super pitch time. Pitch time. It's pitch time. All right, Kelsey. Okay, numbers? Between 2 and 76. Um, I'm going to say 26, 35, and 66. Oh, wow, Kelsey. Okay. <laughs> you have the red pill. Oh, gosh. The guilty remnant and digestion. Digestion just as a concept? As a concept. As okay. However you want to take it. Okay, so the red pill, the guilty remnant, and digestion. I mean, yeah. this is all primed for a very, like, intense cult thriller. Well, <laughs> guess what? Your thing is non-horror TV anthology. <laughs> so I think this, um, this show is a spinoff of The Leftovers. Um, in which we we follow former members of the Guilty Remnant in each episode. And I don't know, one of them gets really into like men's rights and one of them, you know. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what does the Guilty Remnant version of men's rights look like? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like it's like the, the, the format is that we, we are following uh, former members of the Guilty Remnant, each a new member each episode. Um, as they embark on a life uh, outside of that that uh, situation. Okay, but digestion is a is a big one here that I'm, um, I'm still maybe not hearing. one of them just has some acid reflux issues and they're dealing with that. So, <laughs> that's like a major part of the show. Maybe. I mean, it doesn't have to be. It's just you got to use the things. I think something worth considering Mm-mm. is a crossover leftovers matrix anthology. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> what are you thinking about in terms of that? Um, whenever the Matrix times were starting, whenever that might be, <laughs> whenever the spiders were starting to take over, you find out that the spiders took 2% of the population to their alien planet to use them as batteries and created a fake Earth. <laughs> and the guilty remnant realizes this is happening and is trying to let the world know that the 2% of the population who were stolen leftover spoilers i guess for this episode <laughs> were actually taken by uh alien spider monsters well I'm, t- I'm trying to get the timeline right here so you're proposing that when the robot revolution begins the um so are you saying that the, the event we see at the beginning of the leftovers was caused by the robot squids yeah from from the matrix yeah okay <laughs> but that would mean that would imply that the last um wait hold on i'm, I'm gonna headache here trying to get this <laughs> So the, the 98% of the people left over in the Leftovers world, are they now in the Matrix or is the Matrix about to happen? The Matrix is about to happen. So the 2% was like a test case. Yeah, it was like a like, pilot they, program. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's, it's a pilot program. That they set up on the moon or something. Oh, it's on the moon now. I don't know. See, I like that. <laughs> but the Guilty Remnant exists The guilty remnant exists in our world, like the, the pre-non-moon the world. Yeah. So I guess we're, we're sometimes we're seeing... Or it's flashing like... Oh no, we gotta do no, we gotta do a dumb Westworld thing. People love that. So we gotta do things where like we're seeing footage from our world, the leftover world, and also the fake world on the moon, but we don't know they're two different worlds. And the fake world on the moon would seem like the real world because all the people taken to be batteries would still think everyone was on Earth. 
Yes. Isn't that just the Matrix? Yeah, but it would make people like you would people would theoretically think that like it's flashing back to before everyone was taken because everyone's there. Yes. And, and then, then you realize <laughs> Well the the, the the trick is we gotta make it so that we think no one will guess it. But then when people guess it immediately, we we we, we really like just throw a shit fit about it <laughs> and change the ending of the show to something that doesn't make any sense. But we don't have to do that yet. No, but we we should have that in the back. No, pocket. we ch- we changed we changed the ending of the show to be that all of this is fake and it's all like magic school bus style inside the digestive system of a person <laughs> or an alien. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> How does, so when you say magic school bus style, I think I know what you're referring to. So you said the entire world has been shrunken down and put inside someone's digestive tract. Yeah. And then is, and how is that revealed in the final episode? We just zoom out of this this giant's body. Possibly, I'm just trying to bring digestion into it. It's yeah. true. We want to bring digestion into it, Sarah. <laughs> well, the the um, I was just thinking there's a key character who has IBS, or <laughs> finally well, maybe, representation. Maybe yes, it's like representation for IBS sufferers on television. Maybe it's like in order to like get out of the matrix situation, there's like a digestion based thing. Taking the red pill, or which pill do you take? The red pill. Okay. So it's the one that wakes you up to the reality of the world being controlled by robots. What's the name of this anthology called? <laughs> it's called Swallow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so people are like, "Why is it called Swallow?" And in the end, when they see that the entire world has been swallowed by a giant alien, they're like, "Oh." <laughs> or like the red pills. You gotta swallow That's pills. Right. That's what they think it's about that, but it's actually about the giant alien who well, swallowed okay, the entire I guess world. We want it to be a leftovers matrix crossover that people don't know is a matrix crossover. So you gotta lean a little bit more into the leftovers universe, and then later it will be revealed that it's also a matrix crossover. No, that's this is a good. This is a good idea. <laughs> the thing is, I think we should follow the um, the philosophy of like you know the Mad Men writers would would throw everything every idea they had into the, the next season they they were doing. So because this is an anthology, I guess, the reveal that this is the Matrix and that it exists inside of a giant stomach, uh, (laughs) GI tract, whatever, lining, uh, those are those happening in consecutive episodes. All right. Or in the same episode, in consecutive scenes. All right. So Netflix coming to you in- uh, Swallow. In in 2022. Swallow. Next. Jason, back to you. Three numbers between two and 76. Um, Two- Three and four. <laughs> oh, all right. You're making a choice that I was not expecting anyone to make, and so I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> your nouns are, or your words are, Santa, Wizard, Moxie, and I need you to pitch me the dude at Netflix that's in charge of multi-part film franchises. On uh, what Moxie Wizards and Santa can bring to the uh, film franchise world. So this is clearly clearly about a, a war between Santa and a wizard. And the wizard is the guy from the Moxie can who is wearing a white lab coat and he points at you. And he's a wizard of science and reason. And he hates Santa because Santa represents belief and magic and whimsy. It's a Christmas movie? No, um, it's about this is gonna be this is gonna be our key distinction. It's the first uh, piece of Santa themed content that is not related to Christmas whatsoever. It takes place between Christmas. Between Christmas. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it takes place during the off season. Okay. Yeah, because because the you know 
the wizard, the, the Mr. Doctor Moxie, the evil wizard who wants to destroy uh, childhood. Evil now. <laughs> yeah, he's evil. He's, fight, he's well, he's fighting Santa. Santa's a good guy, right? Oh, that's interesting. Do you think Santa's <laughs> the bad guy? I mean, there's an argument for that. You think there's shades of gray in this war? Yeah. This, this wizard war? I'm just saying, the guy from the Moxie can seems like a good guy. Really? <laughs> what, about, <laughs> what about him seems like a good guy to you? He's wearing know. a lab coat and pointing sternly at whoever walks by his can. I don't know. I just don't know if I trust Santa. Okay, okay. Well, you know. There's you know shades of gray here, like I'm like I'm saying, it's like the werewolf, the lichens, and the vampires in Underworld. You know, yeah, who's right and who's wrong. It's all you know. That, but this is a film franchise, right? So we're you know we're setting up a, a battle here that has to have multiple iterations. I actually I think that I think uh, Underworld is actually a good touchstone for us <laughs> because I believe this because Underworld lasted for like what four or five movies. Sure, and I don't ev- know. eventually Michael Sheen got involved. Um, okay, so first thing, what does the Underworld series have? Sex appeal. You got Kate Beckinsale strutting around in that big leather jumpsuit, and she makes out with okay. that shirtless guy who turns into the weird uh, hybrid monster. So it's like sexy Santa and sexy yes. lab coat guy. Yes. So who 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 are playing these titular roles? Okay, I think I think the I think Santa is probably are they what what, what are they both dudes still or are we like mix up the gender of these these characters these iconic characters well you know i think i think because you can in in a subsequent film you can have like a mrs claus type situation yes that comes out and she's like the actual powerful one That's or good. something but um we can maybe make the moxie guy a lady but i kind of want it to i don't know because we, we have so much potential with the film franchise let's stick I with know, men right, right. for this one and then we can expand upon the characters Right. Okay. So Santa's played by like a young silver fox type, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like a young, like a uh, I don't know, Oscar Isaac's. Uh, yeah, Oscar Isaac's a Santa. Let's do it. I'm He's ready. Not, not really a silver fox. Actually, you know what? Oscar Isaac has that intense stare and that dark hair. He should be the Moxie Wizard. Yes. yes. But he, I, the Moxie Wizard doesn't have a beard though, and I love Oscar Isaac's with the beard. We can. We can. Um, we can have sequences where he has a beard, either like a flashback yeah. or, a fla- or a flash forward. I mean, maybe maybe a subsequent film is like an origin story. Yes. So we'll see. We'll get him with a beard in there somewhere in this yeah, first movie, yeah. too. But just so we can put that in like the, the promotional material. Yeah, because you got to have him with a beard in the promotional material. Yeah, because then people will be like, oh, I got to see this shit. So Oscar Isaacs is Dr. Moxie, which is honestly right. a pretty good name. <laughs> Dr. Moxie, yeah. But he's also a wizard. Don't forget that. He is a yeah. wizard. But he's Dr. Moxie the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wizards can get doctorates. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You and can, yeah. who is Santa Claus? The thing about Dr. Moxie is that he's not like a medical doctor. He's a doctor of uh, fine arts. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. For um, sure. That, Sa- that bitch got a PhD. Santa, who's like, because Santa's kind of like a rugged, like outdoorsman type, right? Oh, yeah. He's like, he's like living in the North Pole. He's best friends with a bunch of like Oompa Loompa type guys. <laughs> rugged um, people. Who is, who, are you Googling rugged people right now? <laughs> I wasn't, but I might. Oh, wait, you know, you know who it's got to be though? Who's it got to be? Chris Pratt. Does it have to be though? Is he too big for Netflix though? Are we, are we thinking too think, big right are now? Are we thinking too big for Netflix? Because it's, ne- it's a Netflix series. It's true, but they got yeah, they got is Ryan that, Reynolds. Is anyone too big for Netflix at this point? No, I guess not. Well, Oscar Isaac has already been in a Netflix movie. So um, yeah, so triple, he's not, triple Frontier, obviously. which I actually referenced the last episode bizarrely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Triple Frontier. I guess it's just on my mind these days. Yeah, weird. 
So Santa is going to be played by, I'm going to say... Sam um, Elliott. Sam Elliott. Sam, <laughs> who is Sam Elliott? <laughs> the guy with the mustache. In, uh, oh, he's too old to be Santa. Oh, he has to be young. Okay. I guess well, he has yeah, to be sexy. Yeah, good. Well, I, I mean, not to say that Sam Elliott is not sexy or that mm-hmm. old old people can't be sexy. He's but... just like who's rugged to me. <laughs> yeah, rugged ruggedness is not a quality valued in like modern day movie stars. Yeah. Um, which is its own thing to discuss, I guess. Yeah. But Sarah, do you have any thoughts on who could play Santa for this? I think once we get the casting set up, we can everything else will fall into place. Yeah. Idea. Well, I have two ideas. Ooh, Tom Hardy. One interesting Ooh, that's actually i'm if you have another suggestion it better be very very good because i'm very set on this right now both of them are played by oscar isaacs in a very complicated dual role (laughs) honestly not bad but tom hardy and oscar isaacs come on this is like this is like it's supposed to be like an accessible action movie franchise though Mm -hmm. people don't like that dual casting stuff for like big just dumb popcorn oh i forgot it's supposed to be a franchise yeah yeah Yeah. never mind tom hardy yeah i'm on board tom hardy Tom Hardy. Tom Tom Hardy is <laughs> Santa Claus. Saint Nicholas. So, so you you've developed the relationship, right? So, what are the movies? Give me the first yeah. four. First four. Yep. Okay. There's gonna be so, like eight, I guess. I guess. Well, the, it's about a battle between these two guys. So we need. Yeah. We, I guess we just need to get that established and like. One of them a prequel about their initial relationship. You know, I yeah, assume yeah. they were friends at one point. I think we get flashbacks in the first movie, mm-hmm. and then maybe in the. Second movie, we do like a Godfather 2 type thing where we have the, the continuing story of their battle, but also a series of flashbacks that tell the story of their original meeting and, uh, you know, their Subsequent friendship. falling out. And they're falling out, yes. Yes. Um, so, I mean... So yeah. here's, here's my pitch, right? So Dr. Moxie was originally, like, employed at the North Pole and a big part of, like, the Christmas magic, you know? Mm-hmm. And he got, you know... Um, just desensitized and and jaded by like Christmas and capitalism and what have you. And was like, fuck this. I'm leaving and I'm taking some elves with me. (laughs) I like this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's, so now he's on a mission to um, stop Santa Claus and the uh, commodification of Christmas. Um, I think that he, I think that the secret ingredient in Moxie in this world is like, like the movie They Live, where you put on a pair of sunglasses, you can see what the world around you really is and all the hidden aliens and stuff. Only when, when, when kids drink Moxie, they stop believing in Santa Claus. Ooh, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I think okay. I love that because Moxie is also a flavor that only adults like. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like a loss of innocence in childhood when you drink a Moxie. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> hey, Moxie, if you want to hit us up for some <laughs> Spawn Con. Uh... I mean, I also assume that Dr. Moxie's uh, secret lair magician or wizard cave whatever is in maine yeah oh, absolutely absolutely <laughs> he lives in maine he lives in I think, maine. I think my one tweak kelsey your pitch so far is that i think he should be him and santa founded the workshop together okay yes yeah, so they're and, he, and that he, is that is not, that's not revealed until like act two of this movie we find that out in this movie but yeah. it's a thing we don't know going in he's a forgotten christmas legend basically yes yeah i i think that Mm-hmm. Um, we probably can, he's got his like a team of like, you know, um, ex elves that are helping him out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like a crack squad. Yeah. I think who is the point of view character though? Is it like a new elf that comes to Santa's workshop and gets embroiled in this, this world? Or do we have like someone who's caught between them somehow? Or cause if they're both like shades of gray, mm-hmm. I feel like we need, and we want this to be like a fun, like big 
big name action movie franchise. We need yeah. someone to like navigate that morality for us. I agree. And I do feel like a, like a new elf or something. I don't really know how elves' lives work, but um, would be a good thing. And I want to propose Tom Holland. <laughs> yes, I was just thinking Tom Holland. Yes. Okay, so we got Tom Holland. In We're on the same page. We got this. I assume, Tom, I assume Tom Holland this, is our point of view elf character. Yes, I assume this is the kind of thing where like, if you were like a down and on, on, on your luck type guy or person, whatever, you can be recruited by Santa to be an elf. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, El- Elf isn't, like, really, like, a magical being as much as a... It's an employee. Like, it's, yeah. it yeah. stands for something. And yeah. no one ever realized elves were just yeah, like regular e- people. Yeah, like, ELF, like, stands for something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, um, uh, 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 extraditionary uh, labor force or some yeah. bullshit like that. Yeah. Extra- extraditionary. <laughs> okay, so I think, we've, I think we might... We could probably spend the rest of this time just breaking down the whole... Four- okay, so you wanted four movies? Okay, uh, so I honestly I think we made our point, so yeah. we're good. Um, what's the name of the show? The the, film. the, the, the films franchise. I I think <laughs> there's something about calling it this Christmas. What and about then what next about? Christmas? And then the final Christmas. <laughs> and then it just or like the third like that you Last essentially Christmas. play on every single one is a Christmas, and that's how you build around it. Starting with I, this Christmas, you know, I think I think you go big and you you go you go bold. The first teaser just teases this fantastical war between these two opposing forces, mm-hmm. and at the end, you get a little bit of that ho ho ho. <laughs> it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Oh. And the name of the movie is Christmas. Ooh. And so the second movie is next Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also like war on Christmas. Oh, that's that's like the Christmas um, too. The war on Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> next Christmas, the war on Christmas. Yes, next Christmas, yeah. the war on Christmas. Christmas Rising, uh, Redemption. Yeah. Okay, this was great. Okay, and I love that's it. been the best one so far. Right, um, I'm still a big fan of the leftovers Matrix crossover, but we'll see how I feel as we continue. Um, I think a little bit of it is also just getting into the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelsey, I need three numbers, and please do not make them four, five, six, or five, six, seven. I want 11, 16, 34. Drew Barrymore. Here Comes Your Man, this song by the Pixies. I can see it already. And, nope, get ready for this one. World War II. And guess what? It's being, <clears throat> it's being pitched to the British arm of Netflix as a British quiz slash reality show. So uh, this, this show stars Richard Iwade because it only can. It's called Here Comes Your Man, in which he explores the different locations in which Drew Barrymore's various roles have been filmed. Okay. <laughs> okay. What about and we World get, War Two? We get a deep dive into that. Surely she's done a movie during World War Two. I forgot um, about World War Two. <laughs> I'm checking right now. I don't know that she has. <laughs> I am so on board with the show, though, that I almost... <laughs> Want it to be, like? I'm already like, yes. I would watch a weird series where Richard. Like, I, what if he does it at the Imperial War Museum? Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> a it's like a view from the it's like a Iowati on top, but a show and about Drew Barrymore's various movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm imagining. Yeah, I love that. But it's called Here Comes Your Man because I almost I almost <laughs> want to be ooh, like, ooh, okay, okay, hold on. I I have I have a tri- I have a bit of trivia, a little factoid that could blow this whole thing open. Oh. Which is that uh, Drew Barrymore's mother was born uh, to Hungarian parents in a German refugee camp during World War II. 
Oh, wow. Maybe calling that a factoid was a bit too glib, but still, <laughs> that's all, you know, we, we can appreciate that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe it's just a, it's, it's a limited series um, of Richard Iwate investigating the origins of Drew Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it's called Here Comes Your Man? I don't know. That just sounds like a good name for a show. <laughs> I think that's the theme song. How about like this is like we're uncovering the buried secrets of the Barrymore um, family. <laughs> Barry, buried no more. Oh. We, the three of us would watch this. Yeah, I mean, that is, we would, Rem- yes. Remains to be seen if anyone else would watch it. Yeah. Put a pin in it. It's done. <laughs> it's a, the most specific travel log reality show ever created. Jason. Okay. You cannot do three in a 20, row. 20. Okay. 40. And 55. Weapons of mass destruction. Rap. Gout. <laughs> Shit just got real. <laughs> um, I'm not a Netflix producer. I'm an indie movie producer, but I promise you, once we get this indie movie made, I will sell it to Netflix. Okay, Give me so, the pitch. So, Weapons of Mass Destruction, Gout, what was the other one? Rap. 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 Okay, okay. Um, okay, it, it's, it's a... Satire oh. set during the invasion of Iraq by America, Operation Iraqi Freedom, mm-hmm. um, whereby due to some for some PR related reason, a rapper and a and a, and a charming young uh, military officer who has gout have to travel through Iraq. Um, Is this a USO thing they're like doing? Yes, yes, okay. it's USO. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> it's a rapper. Who um, uh, no, it's Young MC Gout. It's my rap. It's my persona. I'm in the movie. I'm one of the leads. I'm finally gonna. It's gonna be like. It's gonna be like when Kenya Barris was in his new Netflix show, mm-hmm. Black AF. Hashtag Black AF. And it's like, oh, I didn't know uh, he was an, an actor. And it's like, no, he's not. <laughs> this is the thing. You cannot make this unless unless I am. It's also like that new movie Kristen Wiig is in, or it's like Kristen Wiig and some person no one's no one's ever heard of. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, they're not showing their faces because they're worried people because won't go see the movie. One of them is not famous enough. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be me. So <laughs> I'm I'm playing young MC Gout, who does not have gout, but who, maybe maybe the backstory is like he, he um he was in a uh, like a shootout, but because he had gout, he fell, and one of the bolts went over his head or something like a Fifty Cent style thing. It's 2003. It's the invasion of Iraq. Fifty Cent is, is as popular as he will ever be. <laughs> uh, was there a third thing I'm not touching on yet? No, no. I mean, well, weapons of mass destruction. Oh, but they, you said it during that era. No, they they find the WMDs. <laughs> okay, so this takes like a Cohen-y twist there. Yeah, because the yeah. WMDs are real. It turns out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I I mean I like I it. love I, this. <laughs> Starring Jason Edwards and. Uh, well, who was the? I mean, so so in my in my mind when I was thinking about like a, a um, Fifty Cent type, I was thinking about like, you know Fifty Cent and like sort of a nebbish. Like you know, like white guy as yeah. the gout having um, uh, official. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there should be a similar like you know disparity of of uh, you know of of presentation between my character, young MC Gout, <laughs> and the the and the person who plays the army official. So when when people think of me, what do they think? Do they think you know when you see me, you think oh strong, very powerful. So like an very, Indian like, very, guy like, like, with like, a lot of hair. <laughs> very very smart and very attractive. Um, Quick-witted, great voice, 
I mean, I think all these things are true, so I don't know why you're trying to be ironic about it. Okay, so what's the opposite of all that? (laughs) I think it needs to be a woman, first of all, so that it's not Mm, just two dudes. That's good. So your escort should be a woman. Um, I don't think she should be played by me. Um, (laughs) This is not a romance. This, these are buddies. So we, we need we need the biggest name possible. Tessa Thompson. Tessa. Oh, that's kind of fun. I think that is kind of fun. I think you would have a Hemsworth-like chemistry with her. Yeah, that's kind of good. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's like the chemistry they had in Thor Ragnarok and not the chemistry they had in Men in Black International. Well, that was because they were under duress. The duress of being in a terrible movie? Yeah. <laughs> that's true, because this, this movie's going to be good. Yeah. I think me and Tessa will be good. Uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be good. Yeah. All right, what's it called, though? It's good. Oh, you haven't seen this movie? I haven't seen <laughs> Men in Black International. Oh, that's okay. You're don't, fine. Don't, don't do it. Truly don't see it. It's honestly not worth it. Um, I fell this asleep. This movie is called... Is it called Weapons of... It needs to be a pun on Weapons of Mass Destruction. WMD's nuts. <laughs> I was going to say it's like mass deduction and it's like a whole like a uh, Watson and Holmes situation. <laughs> So, so totally, I was thinking more in line with like, thank you for smoking. But you're thinking more of like a, like a a, 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 a detective story, like a, a zany sort of accidental detective story in which you Wait, discovered the weapons of mass destruction. When you say Holmes and Watson, do you mean the Will Ferrell and John C. Riley movie Holmes and Watson? <laughs> no, I do not think Kelsey meant that. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure Kelsey knew that movie existed. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's bad. Um. Yeah, okay. I love I, it. I, I, want, I, want to retract, I want to change one thing. I think the, um, the satirical point should be that war is bad. Okay. Nice. But also the weapons of mass destruction were real. Right, well, see, I've already, I've, I've already staked my claim on that pretty hard, and I don't want to back <laughs> off on it, but I'm wondering if, like, how we blend that to, like, to, to an end, you know? I think they find a way. They're, the weapons were real. They also destroyed them somehow accidentally, and so no one ever discovered them. Yeah, that feels good. That feels right. Yeah, I think it's it's very it's very transgressive to make a movie that like the, appears to be a satire on warmongering, but in the end proposes that the war in Iraq was fully justified <laughs> <laughs> and uh, historically redeems the Bush administration. No, I think it's still not justified. Oh. I'm wondering maybe there's like an alternate history. Uh, because the weapons we of mass destruction were American ma- weapons of mass destruction. <gasps> what? They were planted, discovered, and then destroyed. That's it. We find they they find the weapons of mass destruction. Me and Tessa Thompson, I mean, her young MC gout and the character Tessa Thompson plays in this movie, uh, weapons of ass destruction. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. They 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 find they find them. And then they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they're like running around with like their hands in the air. Like, what are we going to do? Whoa. And they're like tripping and falling over stuff. Banana peels and shit. <laughs> and then they find out that they were planted there by the Americans. Yeah. And then they destroy them and become heroes. But we'll never know. That's right. Because they died. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's an indie satire. It can do all kinds of things. All right. And it's called? Weapons of Vast Destruction. Weapons of Vast Destruction, yeah. Done. That's a porno, though. Like, come <laughs> on. That, well, Kelsey, that's the name the script is sold under. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, it, by the time it's released, it'll be under a different name. On Netflix, name. it'll be something else. Yeah. Right, okay. It, it, it'll be like, I don't know, USO twisted. No! USO No! USO No is too clever for a Netflix movie, though. I do love it. That's me. Too clever for a Netflix movie. Okay, well, that went pretty well, I think. Yeah, yeah. you know, it was fun. We had a good time. We don't care if we you had did. a good. <laughs> no, that's all that's all that matters it's all about us baby
Having a good old time here if you, online with friends. If any of these things triggered ideas in you, things that you're like, oh, I got to build on what they were pitching, you know, let us know. Yeah. yeah. Send us a... And cut us in. Send yeah. us an email. Send us an IM. Send us a an Facebook IM. message. A, a DM <laughs> on uh, Insta or Twitter. A Skype. A Slack. <laughs> a, a Teams. A Hangout. A Zoom. We're highly reachable. Yeah. Special thanks to Sarah Shepard and Andrew Favaloro because of their song, Pitch Time Theme. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Uh, special thanks to Carly Sussman, who designed our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com. Special thanks to you, the listener. I hope you're doing well and you're staying safe and you're going to therapy. Please. Virtually. Don't stop, don't stop going to therapy if you can help it. Sorry, I jumped yeah. in there. And now, yeah, I guess we'll, we can circle back around. We can say our, our call off, our sign off all together, which is go, go to the therapy. therapy. That's Please. pretty good. <laughs> they wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. Good. Welcome, welcome to the Ruin My Life show starring Jason <laughs> Edwards. Just, just you? With a rotating cast of characters. Ha, ha, ha.